as the children go out to children's church with Miss Paula, uh, turning your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, as you see before us this morning, we're going to observe the, the Lord's Supper this morning. And, and uh, I always like to, to uh, go over that and, and cover that and, and different things because I don't take it lightly. Uh, I think many times in churches today and, and uh, across this country and maybe throughout the world, it became, becomes a ritual or it just becomes a thing that we do. Uh, some people do it uh, every, every Sunday. Some people do it once a month. Some people do it once a quarter. Some do it once a year. Uh, the, the thing is, is that Christ commanded us to do it. There's two ordinances to the church. Uh, that, that Christ commands us to do. One is to be baptized uh, once you've accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, to show a public profession of faith. And the other ordinance is to re, uh, the Lord's Supper. Do this in remembrance of me, uh, he says. So uh, he commands us to do this. So I just want to cover some of the things. In, in 1 Corinthians, as you all know, and I've told you before, Paul is a addressing a lot of issues. Uh, the Corinthian church is, is having several problems in all kinds of areas. And one of them is the Lord's Supper. So in chapter 11 and, and chapter 10, we'll look at some of those problems they were having. Uh, we'll look at some of the things uh, the, that go along with the Lord's Supper and, and how we should uh, go about it. Uh, what does it mean to you to have the Lord's Supper? I remember as a as a little kid, I sort of looked at it like, I get to do this, you know, and I do get to do this. And once I got saved, and I almost took pride in it as, as that's what I get to do. I, I don't have to sit here anymore and not take of it because now I'm saved. And I uh, had a little bit of pride about it, but I've since changed my attitude about it. I'm still proud I get to do it, but the pride is pretty much gone. The Lord's Supper should be a humbling experience as we reflect on what God uh, has done through us, through His Son, given to us salvation. So let me just start reading in chapter 17. It's, he says, now, Paul speaking to the Corinthians, um, now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not that you come together not for better, but for worse. For first of all, when you come together in a church, I hear that there's divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must also be heresies among you that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in the eating, every one taketh before another his own supper, and one is hungry, and the other is drunken. What? Have you not houses to eat, to drink in, or despise you the church of God, and shame, and shame them that have not? What shall I say unto you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he, uh, which he was betrayed, he took bread... And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Father, as we study your word, I pray, Lord, that you would just give me the words to say. Lord, I, I stand here this morning in, in 
feel so unworthy to just stand and proclaim your, your word. Lord, I, I want to reflect this morning of what Christ has done for me. I want to share with your people, Lord, the truth of your word. I ask, Lord, that you give me the words to say. Lord, help us to hear those words and, and not just be hearers, but doers of those words. Help, Lord, help us to meditate on your word this morning, to, to put out everything that would distract us, to lay aside those weights and things, Lord, and just let us focus on you and what Christ has done through us, done for us on the cross. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So Paul is saying, now, this I declare unto you next. He has covered several issues, and he said, now I've got another thing. Next, I want to talk about this. You're coming together, and you're calling it the Lord's Supper. And, and Paul is very blunt in his speaking here. He said, it is not the Lord's Supper at all. I won't even dare call it that. But that's what you're calling it. What they would do is they were coming together for a big meal. Uh, the rich would bring a lot of food. And they were making a big to-do out of it where the poor couldn't bring food. And the rich were just getting full and making a huge meal out of it and a big festival out of it. And there was nothing about observing the Lord's Supper at all. Uh, they were taking it lightly. They were, uh, it was more of just a gathering. And I think about that. I've been to churches, and I'm sure you have too. Church becomes, even in uh, the church at Corinth, church become more of a social event than it was anything else. I'll say that again. Church become more of a social event than it become anything else. I believe that makes God sick. When we come together and it's more about the socializing than it is about the glorifying of God. And I've been, I've been in churches. I've been in churches where there was more focus on what we do in the fellowship hall than what we do in the sanctuary. And I believe, I believe that just saddens the heart of God. That we're more focused on that. And this is what the church at Corinth was doing. I believe we need to be careful. Paul is, is very stern in what he's saying. He says, I praise you not. Uh, he says, you're not coming together for better. You're not coming together to, to glorify and to worship God and to reflect on Jesus' body. He was broken for you on the cross and the blood that he shed for your sins. You're not focusing on that. He said, you're not coming together for better, but for worse. Pretty harsh, isn't it? Some of you get mad if Paul was in here talking today, I imagine uh, he, he was laying it out there pretty strong uh, and, and strong words, and he was wanting to correct them. This is not right. And, and he goes on, and we'll look here in a few minutes, the, the consequences of having that kind of attitude about the Lord's Supper. It's not a ritual. It's, it's not a thing that we should do just because we, it's the first, first Sunday of the quarter or the first Sunday of the month. Or Sunday, uh, you know, whenever you do it. Uh, it. It should be something that, that is very important and meaningful as you remember what the Lord has done for you. Um, so he's dealing with this issue with them here. You're, you're not doing it right in any way. He says, when you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. Uh, the NIV, I like the way it words. It says, so when you gather for your meeting... It's not the supper instituted by the Lord that you eat. 
In other words, this is not the example that Christ gave. This is not the example that, that Jesus laid out before us in this do in remembrance of me. Let's be careful, church, that we never get into that trap, that we never get to that point where the Lord's Supper is just something, oh well, or it's a big time of festival. You know, and I'm not trying to bring you down this morning here, but I, but I want you to know the, the um, I don't know what the solemnness or the, the, the magnitude, I don't know what, what's the word I'm looking for, that how important this is. It's not to be taken lightly. It's not something you do and you just, oh, look at me. That's not what this is about. Uh, that's not the attitude that we should have uh, about the Lord's Supper. And Paul is making that very clearly here. Uh, for in eating, everyone take uh, before of his own supper. In other words, this is what he's talking about. The rich would come in and, and they would eat and, and, and they'd be hungry. Uh, but then there would be somebody over in the corner that would be hungry that didn't have food. Uh, this is not what the Lord's Supper is about. Uh, chapter 10, verse 24, is dealing some with the Lord's Supper and how we, our frame of mind is how it is. If you look just one chapter back, verse 24, it says, Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. This is the attitude we ought to have about the Lord's Supper. Uh, it's not coming together uh, for, for you. It's so much the edifying and the lifting up and encouraging of others. I think the Lord's Supper ought, ought to be uh, encouraging to me and in, in, in my faith, but I also think that I ought to do it and encourage you and strengthening you. Isn't that what the, the Scriptures are all about? Isn't it what the, most of the New Testament is about, that we edify and lift up and encourage one another? Over and over through the New Testament, you see how Paul and how Jesus really hit home, love thy neighbor as thyself, the importance of unity in the church. Uh, he says in verse uh, 31 of chapter 10, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do it all to the glory of God. So whatever we do, we should be doing it to glorify God, not ourselves, not to feed our bellies, not to feed our egos, uh, not to just come together for a big social event. He says in verse 32, give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Verse 33, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of any, the profit of many, that they may be saved. I, I think it's very important as we observe this. And, and uh, yes, the, the Lord's Supper is for a born-again Christian. It is someone who has accepted Jesus as their personal Savior. That, that means that they, they, they believe that He died on the cross for their sins. No other way to heaven but through Him. That he arose again in three days and is at, is at the Father's right hand preparing. That's my faith in Jesus Christ. That's what the Lord's Supper is for, born again believers. If you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, if someone was to come in here, uh, we don't say you can't come in. But we ought to give them the, the, the feeling of, I wish I knew this Jesus we were talking about. It shouldn't be a f thing of making them feel outcast. That's what he's talking about here. Uh, to, to 
to help and to, to encourage others to know this Jesus. Uh, to encourage others to, to have the like mind and to be in the unity of, of faith that, that they have. And, and Paul is saying, he says, I, uh, even as I please all men and everything. You know, we talked last week of our liberties that we have in Christ. And if you read chapter 10, he, he deals a lot with those liberties. And he says, oh, look, I've got liberties. Christ, Jesus, God, somebody has created all things. And all things are good that God created. But I don't necessarily do all things if it offends another. I temper myself. When Paul was with the, the Jews, you know, he would eat kosher meats and kosher pickles, I suppose. But when he was with the Gentiles, he would eat meat. He would eat what the, to, so he didn't offend. I don't think Paul was riding the fence. I think he was all things to all men that all would be saved. I think that was Paul's attitude. I'm not going to be so, uh, my mother used to say, they're so heavenly perfect, they're no earthly good. I believe as Christians we shouldn't be offensive to people, but we should love one another and care for one another, encouraging one another. Even those who don't believe quite like we are, our, our goal would to be to teach them and to show them the love of Christ, that they would be saved too. So we'll skip on down to uh, verse uh, 23 of chapter 11. Uh, it says, For I have received of the Lord that you also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Now, we want to understand what's going on. What is the Lord's Supper about? Jesus took the, the Passover feast and turned it into a meal of remembrance. He turned it into a covenant meal with the new church. I, I spoke on this a while back, and it, it is a precious message to me. Probably one of the, you know, every now and then a preacher preaches a message, and, and it's just one that I just hold dear. Not because I did it, but because the Lord showed me some things and revealed some things to me that, that the Passover meal and this covenant and the cup and is all pointing to a future event that's going to take place at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And, uh, and Jesus turned that, that feast into a covenant that I am coming back, that I'm going to have this with you again. Uh, chapter 22 of Luke, he said, now the, now the feast of unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. We all know what the Passover is, right? It's when Israel left Egypt. You remember uh, the, the last plague that God had? And, and he says, all right, Pharaoh won't listen. The firstborn, first male born male child of every family will die unless I see the blood on the doorpost. Okay? So that night, could you imagine the death that would come? And, and it was, so the Jews were instructed to, to sacrifice a pure lamb and, and to take this blood of this lamb and to pour, put it on the doorpost of their door. And when the, the death angel, so to speak, would come by, if the blood was on the door pass, he says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. But if there was no blood on the doorpost, the firstborn of that, chi of that uh, male child of that family died. This was the last plague that God put on uh, Egypt to, to let his people go. 
Well, when Israel left Egypt and they crossed over the Jordan, this was a thing that they were going to remember. You know, that, that had to be a pretty significant event, right? And when we do several things in our country, Fourth of July is coming. Uh, Memorial Day was just last week. Well, that we remember the things, significant things that took place in our our country. This was much like this. This was a, a great event in this Passover. And so every year they would celebrate the Passover of how God spared them by the blood of the Lamb. Now there's a message all by itself. Matt, you ought to preach that sometime. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Do you know that we're spared by the blood of the Lamb? The blood of Jesus Christ, God's holy land that he sent for us. We, that's the only way through salvation is through his shed blood. And so every quarter is what we do. We come together and we, we observe that and we look at that uh, as what Christ did for us on the cross. I want to go down to verse 15 of Luke 22. He says, and he said to them, so, so we're looking back to the cross. Let me I'll back up just a minute. When we do this, we're looking back to the cross. We're observing what Christ did and his body was broken and his blood was shed for my sin and for yours. But Jesus also said something and, and that they were getting ready for the, the Passover meal and he turned that Passover into the Lord's Supper or the, the, the new covenant as he called it. Verse 15 he said unto them with desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Now Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's come to the end of his earthly ministry. It's the Passover. Uh, and he is he has uh, prepared this Passover meal, asked his disciples to prepare the Passover meal, and he's about to have it with him. And he says, with great desire, I have longed to have this Passover meal with you. Because Jesus knew the importance and the significance of it. He said, for I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So in observing this, we look back to the cross. But did you know that we also look to the future? The one day I'm going to sit down at the banquet table of my Savior. And I'm going to have a meal with him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. What a day that will be. So not only am I looking back to the cross, but because I've accepted the, the gift of salvation, one day I'm going to sit at his table. And I'm going to enjoy a meal again. Jesus promised it to us there. He said, I'm not going to do it anymore until all things are fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So we got another big banquet. So you might as well get used to this. I believe we'll be doing it for eternity. That we'll be sitting down at his table and remembering the goodness and the blessings and the grace and the mercy of God my Savior. I will not do it with you anymore till all things be fulfilled in the kingdom. So we also, we're looking back to the cross. We're looking for a future uh, uh, banquet or, or meal that we will have in, in, in heaven. As we remember that he died on the cross and he's coming again. There's also another thing I think we ought to do. It says, um, let me get back to where I was at here. 
So Jesus took the bread and he broke it. He says, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. As you, as you look to the cross, as you look to a, a future banquet, uh, remember my, the, the bread is the body that was broken. The, the grape juice is the, the blood that was shed for your sins. And he says, oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. So we remember that he died. We remember that he's coming. And we looked back to the cross. We look forward to the future, but we look inwardly at ourselves. I believe that's probably one of the, uh, I don't know if there is one of the most important, but just as important as the rest of them. As I said, Paul was pretty strict in his words and what he was saying to these Corinthian people that you're taking it too lightly. You're making a big festival out of it, and that's not what it's about. Listen what he says to them on, on down. He says, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of our Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Wow. I don't think it's something to play with, do you? When we come together as the Lord's Supper, it is very important that we remember what He did on the cross. It is very important that we look to the future of that day where I will, where I will sit with my Savior and eat, but also that I examine myself. I think this is the, one of the most important parts of this as we observe the Lord's Supper. It's a time of reflection on Kenny. Kenny, where are you at? Uh, Jesus says, if you love me, you'll what? You'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll serve me. And as I was studying this message, I thought, that's why I said to, this morning as I prayed, that, Lord, I just feel so unworthy to even stand and proclaim your word. But the only reason I'm found worthy is by the blood of Jesus Christ. We all have those feelings and we all have those temptations and things we're going to that, that as I said before, Satan would try to bring us down and discourage us. Uh, that's not what I'm really talking about. We all struggle every day, every week with sins and, and different things that distract us and keep us from what God has for us. But what these were coming together is they were coming together with no recollection, no worries or nothing about their sin. They would live uh, their week ever how they wanted to, cheating people, doing whatever they wanted to do, living like the rest of the world, and then they would come into church and say, I'm going to have the Lord's Supper today. And then go back out Monday morning and live the same way they've been living. No self-examination at all. As I come and I think of what Jesus did on the cross for me, that my sins put him on that cross. Because of my sin, he shed his blood. To me, that's very humbling. That's very sobering. And, and so as I remember that, I, I have to, to look at my Savior and say, Father, forgive me. Forgive me for my sins. Let the blood of Jesus cover my sins.
as I come here. So it's very important that we examine ourselves. Uh, he said, many of you are sick and, and some of them are, have even died because they take this and there's, there's, they're not serious about it at all. They take this as just another ritual or, or social event and it means nothing to them. God doesn't play with this. And uh, I know this is a little bit sobering here, but, but I think it should be. I, I remember a story of a missionary when I was a child. A missionary came to our church and he was talking about the Lord's Supper. And how the, the people would come and they would, and as they would, they would eat the bread and they would drink the juice, tears just rolled down their face. And remembrance of what God's grace and mercy meant to them. I think that'll be the attitude of our hearts. Uh, I think we ought to consider that and look at that. And, and we were talking about last Monday was Memorial Day. I don't know if you've ever been to the tomb of the unknown soldier. Have you ever been there? What a great event. I went when I was in high school as a guard or what do we call it? What they call it? A patrol. That's where we were. Patrols. Well, we got to go to Washington, D.C. And uh, it wasn't me, but my buddies. I may have told this story before. We were at the tomb of the unknown soldier. And there was that Marine. I mean, he was decked to the head. He, everything was perfect. And he was standing guard. The soldier that had died for my freedom and my liberty, who gave the ultimate sacrifice, and how we were there to honor him. And some of my buddies thought it was going to be fun to just play and run around and hoop and holler. Whew, that was the wrong thing to do. I'll never forget that day. That soldier just, man, he took that, he had that gun, and he went, whoa down on the deck of that tomb and he's like halt you will honor the soldiers who have died for your and he went into a big long speech about you don't play here this is not a place to play this is a place of memorial this is a place to honor those who gave you freedom those who gave you liberty and it terrified us I wanted to crawl under a blade of grass somewhere. I felt about that big. Maybe the Holy Spirit is telling us today, you will honor the one that gave you liberty. You will honor the one that gave you freedom from sin. You will honor the one that died for your sins on the cross. Don't take it lightly. This is not a game. Church is not a game to God. It is not a place where we play, but we worship and serve him to the best of our abilities. As a memorial, we're going to do this today to reflect on what he's done for us. The day is coming when we will have a meal with him in heaven and how we look inwardly and say, Lord, where am I? Who am I that you should love me? Who am I that you gave yourself for me?
and showed your grace and your mercy. At this time, what I want to do is I want to just give you a few minutes just to reflect on what things I've told you, to think about where are you. Is there, he talks about in these texts that there was divisions among you, that there's fighting and quarreling. Church, that can't be in the family of God. As I said over and over, he wants unity. He wants you to love one another as you love yourself. So if there's any kind of bitterness or quarreling or unconfessed sin, I want to give you a few minutes. It's not between me and you. It's between you and God. To reflect on what he's done and the grace and love that he's shown you. And by his grace, we come before him to remember our Savior who died for our sins. Let's just sit here. Robin, if you'll play softly, just reflect for the next few minutes. Just you and the Lord.